could you speak a bit more about the difference between a being and awareness and knowing? I'm confused. Awareness is you. Wherever your awareness is, regardless of your level of awareness, there you are. Is it where I put my attention or is that something else? Your attention has to do with how, as awareness, how you are situated in yourself and what you do with yourself. Attention is the movement of yourself done by you. Awareness is fundamental and attention isn't. Attention is fundamental to yourself. Awareness is fundamental to you. It doesn't matter what level you're in, whether you're in your personality or yourself or your heart. Wherever you are, there you are aware. You have unseen forms that are yours, that are not you, and you also have seen forms that are also not you. The seen forms are the forms of yourself. Everything that you're already familiar with that's beyond your heart. Your entire way of moving in your life, in the way that you can see, is through the use of your seen forms. your thinking, your emotions, your feeling, and your will. These forms that are seen are yours, but they're forms that are not true to you. They're unintegrated forms. These forms don't inform you of you. These forms inform you of the forms. The experience of yourself tells you about yourself. Whereas knowing tells you about you. Your unseen forms are all of the levels of your being. Your unseen forms are perfect and complete forms of you. They are still not you. But when you, awareness, move, 
your being moves. How can awareness move? As soon as you are aware on any level, you know. For awareness to know is also for awareness to move. As soon as you know, belief occurs instantly. Awareness is either believing what it knows or it's believing what it wishes to be true or wants to be true. The way that awareness moves is by belief. It's not belief as a person. It's not belief as a self. It's belief as awareness. So it's a fundamental level of belief. Belief is like the principle of absorption. Wherever you are aware, you know. And you're either absorbing instantly what you know and being absorbed by what you know or you are, despite what you know, absorbing something that's given to you, presented as a truth, but you don't know the truth of it. So then you can be absorbing and being absorbed by a presentation of something that you prefer to what you know. Whatever awareness turns to is what it also absorbs. Awareness that faces what it knows is absorbed by it and also absorbs it. Awareness is incapable of not believing. And it has the power turn its belief. It can't stop believing. To be aware is to believe. And the power you have is like a micro switch where awareness can face what it knows or it can turn away from what it knows. As tiny as that switch is, the consequences of such a switch is enormous. It's like a tiny switch in a train track. The movement of form is completely dependent on the switch in the track. If the switch is away from what you know, the switch is also away from your being. So on that track, the unseen forms of you, the levels of your being, will be mostly limited. 
and most of your movement is going to be by the conditioning in yourself. You, awareness, are absolutely capable in all of this and absolutely accountable in all of this, whether you understand it or not. The accountability isn't based on intelligence, not the intelligence of the mind. It's based on the intelligence of knowing, which is based on awareness and not your brain. Can I be aware without being? There's always being. Even when, as awareness, you've switched your track away from what you know so that you're taken up in the conditioning of yourself and acting out that conditioning in your whole life. There is still the subtle movement of being in the midst of that because you can't absolutely separate from what you know the truth of. There will always be some subtle response of you to what you know, despite how much you separate from what you know. Consequently, there'll always be some subtle touch of your own being moving in the midst of whatever else you're being. If you could be absolutely separate from your being and for you to be aware in yourself and as a person, you would be incapable of registering meaning. You would be absolutely devoid of meaning. Nothing would mean anything to you. So the slightest sense of meaning, even though you may be indulging your conditioning, has to do with the presence of your being because there is still some subtle response of you, awareness, to what you know. Can knowing always be articulated or identified? No. If you lack development in yourself and if you lack intelligence, it makes zero difference within your relationship with what you know the truth of. It has no influence on oneness. And then when you split from that, or you've moved out of that, finding your way back. If you've separated from what you know, having a greater development in yourself and a greater intelligence won't help you. And having a lesser development in yourself and a lesser intelligence won't inhibit you. 
So how does it perfectly do it then in all those cases? You, awareness, being one, or if you're separate, returning to oneness, requires only the relaxation of awareness. It doesn't require development or intelligence. As you, awareness, relax, regardless of your person, yourself, or your circumstances, your home. Is that always stillness? Always quietness? It's quietness. That doesn't mean that any of your forms need to be quieted. Just diving under them? No, just awareness relaxing on its own in the midst of its forms. Regardless of what's occurring with those forms. For awareness to address its forms change something of its forms so that awareness can relax won't work. For awareness to relax doesn't require a still mind or quieted emotions. What does it require? Just awareness relaxing in the midst of its disquieted mind. What's another way to say awareness relaxing? Awareness opening. Awareness softening. I don't know if I actually know that state truly of awareness relaxed. It's not an experience. You can, in this life, as awareness, be relaxed and never in yourself understand that. So you would live a life of being clueless of what you're being throughout an entire life like that as awareness you would be evolving your soul would be increasing and you would be absolutely clueless you wouldn't know until after you've died In opening, there's not always relaxation in opening. For awareness, there's relaxation. That doesn't mean that you would experience in your forms being relaxed. So it's not an indicator of 
how integrated one is or unintegrated. I'm longing for some relaxation. You need relaxation for the development of yourself. You don't need relaxation in yourself for your development as awareness. For the development of yourself, you need to be loved. For your development as awareness, you don't need to be loved at all. I was wondering, following up from last night, if you could explain the difference and the connection between increasing as a soul and developing as a being, evolving as a being. You can increase as a soul without developing your being. If you have no awakenings in your whole life, but in your whole life, you're in continual response to whatever it is that you know in your heart. Your soul will develop and your being won't. The real opportunity in being in a body is not so much for your being to develop, but for your soul to increase. If your soul increases without your being developing while you're in a body, after you've died, when you move into the next, you'll be able to assume much more being by virtue of having an increase of your soul. Your soul is the form that represents and holds the evolution of awareness, the evolution of your awareness. The development of your being occurs once you've accessed your own being and you're moving your being in the midst of yourself. So that would be something I would realize while I'm alive? Yes. Whereas the first could be all the benefit is after? Yes. So then, as we're sitting with you and we might have no awakening, but still our soul increases. That doesn't require sitting with me. What it requires is response to what we know. In whatever circumstance you're in, in the midst of whatever kind of self you have. So if you have a life of horrible difficulty and you genetically have a dishonorable self, but in the midst of such a self and horrendous circumstances 
for your whole life. You are just most simply living, responding to what little bit you know in your heart. You'll have a life that makes absolutely no sense. Your experience would tell you that everything in your whole life has been only bleak. But because you're in response to what you know, you're evolving as awareness and you won't have the feedback in your forms. You won't realize what's really occurring until after you've died. The value is much greater in evolving as awareness without your being developing. The single greatest benefit of being in a body isn't the development of your being. It's in your evolution as awareness. It seems to me that that is exponentially faster while we're in a body. Can it also, or does it happen before and after? Not even remotely at the same rate. Because there isn't the level of difficulty and there isn't the level of distraction. The greater the opportunity to evolve, the greater the difficulty and the potential for distraction. You're better off in this life to have no awakenings, never be enlightened, and be in a life where nothing is ever making any sense, but that you're always quietly simply and cleanly responding to your heart and responding to what you know in your heart. Then to have a life of great awakenings and be enlightened, but you don't live completely in response to what you know. What you just talked about with Yannicka, uh, the true value is in being home. Yes. The movement in the, in the deeper levels, what is the value of that for your soul? The real meaning of that? That you're in response to what you know. So if you have awareness no... is one with knowing. So it's about whatever there is in your life and responding whether you're awakened or enlightened or uh, in a miserable situation or doesn't even really matter. It makes no difference. On the level of your soul, it makes no difference. On the level of your soul, all that is seen is 
what are you doing with what you know? It doesn't show that you're enlightened or unenlightened, awakened or not awakened. So growth of awareness is just following what you know, being one with what you know in a way. That's it. That's it. In that, no one exists advantaged or disadvantaged, regardless of what it looks like. John, when you say that the, the soul is the one that holds your evolution as awareness, how important is the integration of yourself? in all of this. You've been speaking about the possibility of integrating within this lifetime. Could you say something about that? The integration of yourself doesn't show in your soul. So what is the meaning or the purpose of that? You're able to integrate yourself. When you live in the midst of yourself in response to what you know in your heart, that puts you face to face with the lack in yourself. In the midst of that lack, when you're being what you know, yourself opens and it changes. So yourself becomes what you're being in it. As difficult as that process is, when you are, as awareness, true to what you know, you'll be integrating yourself. But more importantly, as awareness, you're evolving. Because what you're exercising is pure awareness. Awareness, one with what it knows, not separate, is pure. the movement of pure awareness in the midst of a body comes with difficulty. It's the movement of pure awareness in the midst of difficulty that creates the reach of awareness into the resources, the deeper resources. Pure awareness doesn't reach into the unintegrated resources. It reaches into the resources that it knows the truth of. Intuitively, that's its own being. So the integration of yourself, that's where it starts. And then when you deepen in that, and as awareness, being one with what you know, you reach into your being, your being becomes yourself. And then from that, you are able to go even deeper, further, evolving as a soul. Is that how to... You increase as a soul. You evolve as awareness. Just by virtue of you responding to what you know unconditionally 
especially in the midst of difficulty and pressure. That makes, from the perspective of your soul, it makes pressure and difficulty the greatest gift. Your soul is of greater value than anything else you have. Your soul is of greater value than all of your heart. It's of greater value than all of your being. Everything that matters is dependent on the condition of your soul. And how would that show after we're not here anymore in our physical bodies? In as much as your soul is a form that is more difficult to recognize than any other form of yours. Because it's evenly distributed within all of your unseen and seen forms. Because of the lack of contrast because it's equally everywhere at once, you don't see it. After you've died, it is the single most prominent form of yours. Anyone you meet after death, nothing shows more than your soul. It's your most visible body. And there's nothing that shows more in someone else than their soul. So when you meet, as you meet each other, you're reading the condition of each other's soul. Each is able to read what the other has been in its relationship to what it knew. Every micro choice of awareness throughout its whole life is crystal clear. Nothing is concealed. Regardless of the condition of your soul and how it shows after you've died, what you are in all of that is perfect love. What you are is all of your being. Within either a higher evolution of awareness or a lower evolution of awareness. Your evolution of awareness and the condition of your soul determines your mobility. Not your mobility as love, but your mobility as awareness. After I die. Yes. After you've died, you will know and see perfectly. 
it's after you've died that you'll perfectly know and see all of the opportunity that you were present in while you lived. That's when, if you could, you would redo your life in the worst possible circumstances. With the worst genetics. <laughs> the worst family. <laughs> and obscene circumstances. And with the perfect seeing and knowing, all of that would be clearly nothing. But that is so much not what's it. What is it is the opportunity in the midst of it. The opportunity is for you, awareness, to remain one with what you know. And if almost all of what you know is obscured from you, so that all you have in your whole life of obscene difficulty is a speck of knowing, that's enough. It's enough for you to remain as one. So are you telling us to ask for difficulties even? No, not to ask for difficulty. Also to ask for being on the edge all the time. Not finding comfort anywhere. No. There is no virtue in difficulty and there is no virtue in discomfort. So when you choose difficulty and discomfort, you fool yourself. You're feeding yourself. What you would be is just unconditionally open. Unconditionally open to any experience, whether it's comfort or discomfort, ease or difficulty. That unconditioned openness is your response to what you know. It's openness you know in the midst of anything. So when we dead and we see from the soul's perspective, we look back on our lives or the possibility of being in a body with the wish to go back and to really get into pressure with that kind of awareness so that we can really evolve. You wouldn't have such a wish. You wouldn't be capable of wishing. The example is just to illustrate. To illustrate the kind of perspective you would have. It's not that you would wish that you can go back and redo it. You wouldn't be capable of it. The reality of it is that after you've died, it's perfectly clear that what is done is done. 
how would I register that my awareness is relaxed when everything else is not relaxed? You don't need to register that. And how would I find out that I evolve in these ways? Before or after you've died? <laughs> <laughs> Before you've died, you don't need to know. It doesn't make a difference for you to know. All that makes a difference fundamentally while you live It's not how much you know. It's how much you respond directly to what you do know. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters first. So weird to hear this in a way that it should be so simple when I worked so many times on this system Like person if, or so. if you're not in response to what you know, all of your work in yourself is a waste. It means nothing. All of your accomplishments as a person in your life, if you're not in response to what you know, is a waste and is nothing. It all passes away and is gone when you die. Then you realize it was all an illusion. And you'll also know and see that all through your life, you most subtly, continually knew better. No one will be able to say, after they've died, that they didn't know. I would just like to confirm the truth of what I just heard. Uh, it touches me deeply. My life has been blessed with very many difficulties. And when I look back, none of these difficulties has been really bad. The only bad thing in my life was when I was aware that I had turned away from my truth. Yes. It was innumerable times more hard to bear than all the difficulties altogether. What really registers in your life of direct knowledge at the end of your life, when you're lying on your deathbed and you look back, when your life is almost completely gone, what will matter to you is not what you did with your life, because your life is gone. All that will really matter to you is what in all of your life did you do with your heart? It's true. That's what tells you what you did in your life 
with meaning. Yes, I recognize this truth. Still at the moment, I'm not sure which direction to look so I can prevent myself from turning away again. If you don't trust yourself because of past experience of your choices in yourself, the best that you can do is to put yourself as close as you can to the best example that you know of, of someone who's being in their heart and being what they know. That puts you in the midst of a much better influence than yourself. And to do that at any personal cost. The personal cost from a correct perspective is really nothing. Yes, that's true. And in your relationship also with teachers, I hope represent that which is most close to the truth. You don't need a teacher until you meet one. And if you know more than one teacher, you need to be with the one that you know is deepest and highest. Because then you are in response to what you know. How can I make myself worthy of meeting the true teacher? It isn't yourself that is worthy. You are. You are worthy of what you know the truth of. And it shows in your response. To make it easier to understand what you know the truth of and your whole being is worthy of your response. Regardless of what past you have and what self you have. <laughs> 